Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Lows Podcast with your hosts, Alonso and Juan. And Alicia Del Valle. With the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, to the Bleed Lows Podcast. We have another episode here of the Carne Asada. Uh, this episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Ben Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, events, and they're the first with market odds and lines. So you can find reviews and news for every league. That's Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Okay. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. So head to Bet Online. Today, use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. All right, you can use the promo code Believe Fifty. That's B L E A V Fifty to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And joining us this week uh, is a very special guest, a a very talented, and uh, I, I can't wait to get into it because she's she's got her hands in in, in a lot of pots. Natalia, okay, I, I talked about this before. <laughs> I, I totally got caught on this, Natalia. So I'm, I'm going to be respectful because I know people are going to hate on me. It's like the whole Los Feliz argument and, Sa- and San Pedro. You guys know her as Natalia Perez. I'm going to say Natalia Perez, okay? I love I, I them ju- both. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I just want you. I'm not being disrespectful to her. I no, not at this. all. Yeah. I, I checked with her before this. So for all you people who say San Pedro, San Pedro, and I say San Pedro, or for you people who say Los Feliz, and I say Los Feliz, you know, it's that kind of situation. Natalia, thank you for joining us. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, guys. You guys are so sweet to to reach out. You're very kind. I'm excited to be here, especially because, you know, I love Alicia, too. <laughs> well, well, there we go. Okay, so uh, there's a lot to get into. Uh, first of all, our, uh, Alonzo, our other host, is not here. He's on assignment. But we commonly refer to Alonzo as our Mexican-Jamaican because <laughs> he's got a lot of jobs. You know, yeah. Alon- I think Alonzo has about seven jobs right now. <laughs> but you are one of those people that also has, you know, maybe not seven jobs, but no, you, not do seven. More, you do more than one. So not only are you part of Big Boy's Neighborhood on 92.3, mm-hmm. right? It's called R- The Real now, right? Or am I Real totally, 92.3. Real yeah. 92. I'm totally aging myself right now. <laughs> not only are you doing that, but then you're also a Dodger Stadium in uh in-game host what is mm-hmm. that the, i totally butchered the title there right yeah it's usually like usually i'll just say like in in-game studio or not sta- a studio in-game stadium host which there sometimes sounds like i'm there like hosting come to the stadium but it's yeah it's on the mic sort of hosting duties okay so let, let let's start from the beginning because i know this is, this is a podcast where we're about the dodgers but we're also about la and we're we're about a Every you know, we're about a lot of things. We're the only Latino podcast, all Latino <laughs> podcast here. So you know, we have we have Mexican Americans and Babyface. Who I think Babyface is a is a he's a un huevo revuelto. He's mixed, but you are too, <laughs> right, Natalia? So yeah. you have mm-hmm. Mexican and you have Puerto Rican, but you grew up in L.A., right? What part of L.A. did yes. you grow up in? North Hollywood. So I'm from, I'm straight 818 Valley for life. I love the Valley. I never want to leave the Valley. (laughs) But yeah, growing up, I would always tell people I'm from the Valley. And I expected other people from other states to know exactly where that was. And then I realized I was like, oh, people don't, some people don't know the Valley. But yeah, so North Hollywood. So, uh, you know, Alicia's an Angelina. Alicia, help me with this argument here, because I know technically that's where the Valley starts, right? North Hollywood. But I just don't consider North Hollywood the valley. Yeah, of course it is. I do as well. Any Anything like Studio City that way, I might attribute to the valley. <laughs> really? So the yeah. valley, so, so what was it like growing up in North Hollywood? Because it's not Hollywood, right? It's, oh, it's gosh, North no. Hollywood. No, no, it's mm-hmm. the valley and it's hot. It's the valley. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just called North Hollywood because it's north of Hollywood, but we're we're not even on that side of the hill. So we're in that San Fernando Valley. And it was I mean, for it was great. I loved it. I didn't know anything else. But (laughs) but I grew up. So I grew up. My parents divorced when I was really young. So I lived part time with my dad in North Hollywood. And then the other time, my mom and I and my sister lived in Panorama City. So I've like lived all around um, the valley, went to every single school in the valley from, you know, uh, Strathern Stars, if anyone knows, but also Polytechnic. And every time I said I went to Poly, people were like, "With Snoop Dogg," and I was like, "No, it's Long Beach Poly. I'm the other. I'm the other Poly. <laughs> so the Sun Valley Poly, the parents. So, um, but it was great. You know, just really typical, I guess. Like you know, growing up, both parents worked a lot. I had to do after school care and just ran around the little streets of the valley. 
So what came first, your love of the Dodgers or your love of radio? Oh, it's going to be the Dodgers for sure. Because <laughs> my, uh, my grandfather, uh, my dad's side of the family, my Puerto Rican side of the family originally came from New York. And so they were, uh, my grandfather was born in Brooklyn and was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. Um, and then at, uh, my dad was born in Brooklyn. Then when my dad was a little older, they moved to Burbank. And, and then the team followed a couple years afterwards. So my grandfather, you know, brought his love of the Brooklyn Dodgers to Burbank, and then they became the Los Angeles Dodgers. And so my dad used to have us recite, you know, when you make your kids do things in front of people, their little, you know, tricks. Oh, watch this trick they can do with my child. Our trick was, who do we love? The Dodgers. And who do we hate? The Yankees. But if the Yankees and the uh, Giants, no, who, was, who else do we hate? And it was the Giants. And they said, but if the Yankees and the Giants were in the World Series, who would you root for? The Yankees. It was because we never wanted the Giants to win anything. <laughs> you know, Alicia, I think this is hilarious. I think Natalia is one of probably the youngest guests we've had but she's the one that has the longest connection to the Dodgers going back to Brooklyn. I don't think we've mm -hmm. ever had a guest that had connections to the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah. It's always been <laughs> it's always it's always been Los Angeles Dodgers, right? Go ahead, Alicia. Well, just coming off that, I mean, she's always bringing joy to the fans at Dodger Stadium and giving away prizes. Since she is the fan connected to the Brooklyn, we need to give her a prize. Can we send her some bleed low scare? <laughs> oh, she's going to get it. Whether you want yeah. it or not, Natalia, yeah. baby, baby face is going to send you gear. I want it. <laughs> I'll always want it. I'll always want it. That's amazing. Uh, Natalia, you know, you've always been so full of energy and life. And from working on the red carpets next to you, from driving around in street team vans, Natalia and I have a very long history we rode in parades together like yeah. this woman is such a proud valley girl like valley Peak, you should name her la arena del valley because she is the queen of the valley um okay yeah no she is always never shy from like no ho no ho no ho um this woman because she has such an infectious style of reporting she loves all things entertainment she loves her Dodgers, and I feel like that just was a natural, you know, parlay into becoming a Dodgers on-field host. Tell me about that, girl. Like, did you go, did you hear about it in audition, or was this something because you are on one of the most popular morning radio shows that they came to you? Tell me about how you got involved with the Dodgers, because it's badass that we have so many very beautiful, very vivacious young Latinas on that field. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you so much, Leisha. And I just have to say, like, you guys have no idea. I the I remember very strongly the first moment I met Alicia. I just remember I had to, we were working at a vet outside and you were hosting it. And I just remember going, she is so beautiful and that smile. Oh my gosh, she has such great, like, and I, at the time there, we never used that word like energy, but I was like, I just... I want to be like her. Oh my gosh. And so just, I've been such a fan of Alicia from the moment I met you, sweetie. 
you're just amazing, so talented. So you used to hang a lot a... in Picolandia, Natalia? Is that, is that where you saw? Because you know she's she's the princess of Picolandia, right? Well, listen, I, I don't because I always bow down to the princess. So I don't get to look at her. I'm just like this. Um, but that was, you know, that was a really, really, when I first, first started on the street team um, at Kiss FM, that's where my first radio job was. And that's how I got to meet Alicia. So, and then just getting to follow her career and just seeing all the amazing things that she accomplishes and goes after and works so hard for so she's such a, an amazing example for all of us that came you know just get getting to watch her and, and try to emulate as well um so i love you alicia okay. but I'm <laughs> and there you have it ladies and gentlemen the uh, reina the princesa picolana appreciation hour hosted by natalia perez and i'm, I'm just gonna just sit here in the back while every they, friday uh, night <laughs> No, I mean, just I, thank you so much for the kind words. And because I, I, because this is so important, what you are doing, not just on radio and television and on the field at the biggest stage in the MLB, right? I mean, the Dodgers sell out, feels like every night, mm -hmm. every season we leave. So this is a really important gig that you're doing. And the representation matters because mm -hmm. when I was coming up, I was discouraged from participating in anything sports. So this is why I'm like, yay, like it's happening. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I always say that um, I could cure cancer and my dad would still be prouder that I worked for the Los Angeles Dodgers <laughs> than anything else. He'd be like, yeah, she did that cancer thing, but man, Dodgers. So right? That is how big, you know, getting that moment to, um, to share that with him and to be on that field and get him to see me uh, work, ha have this job. But it actually, it's an interest. Well, I think it's an interesting story. So I'd always wanted to be in radio and I was working on the street team behind the scenes, not getting, you know, opportunities to really be on air just yet. But I got an opportunity because a guy named Manny on the streets, you know, Manny, um, recommended me for a job to someone who said uh, they were like hey we're looking for someone who could you know be on this show it's gonna only air in australia um but we need them to be here in la and so I gosh i think we did three and a half years and so it was my first on-air opportunity it was my first chance to really learn to be on the mic how to breathe and it was such an amazing experience and so spending three years with these people who worked on this show one of them, his name is Eric Braverman, and he is a huge exec at Dodgers as well. So he actually, he was the same. He had multiple, you got to have multiple jobs in this industry. It's just, that's the way it is. So he was producing this show. And then um, once, you know, the contract ran out and we, I, I they continued the show, but I, I stopped doing it. A year later, Eric uh, just sent me an email and said, hey, we have a spot open. I know you love the Dodgers. I've seen you work. I work with you. Do you want to audition? And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. But then I, but in real life, I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I would love to. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did, I went and auditioned and actually that was my, so my first season, I was very lucky and very thankful that they took a chance on me because that was the first real time that I'm doing live on camera work. Because to me, I always just wanted to be in radio and in radio at that time, it was you're by yourself in a room you're not looking at anybody now the medium has changed so much um so it's not something i ever was seeking out but it came to me and i was like you know what i gotta run with this so i auditioned again thankful that they gave me the opportunity and my first season with the dodgers was in 2014 
And then come 2015 is actually when Big Boy's Neighborhood started for myself. So I, I did a whole season before um, getting on Big Boy's Neighborhood, which was really cool to see the difference of doing a season and then doing a season on Big Boy's Neighborhood because then it turned into like walking through the stadium and hearing a lot of Big Boy, Natalia. It was just like such a different atmosphere. And it was such a great way to see how much L.A., like I know LA loves the Dodgers, but how much that the the relationship there between big boys neighborhood, LA and the Dodgers. And it's like, it feels like I'm seeing friends all the time at the stadium. Yeah. I mean, we, we often call big boy, you know, our honorary Mexican, right? Like <laughs> he is, I mean, he's been on stage with Chente. We see videos mm -hmm. of big boy at Dodger stadium, getting us all up. Like, he is so connected. And my connection with Big Boy is when I started a radio many moons ago, uh, I interned for Big Boy. So see how it's like all related? It yes. was my first job in radio. And even though I really wanted to do sports broadcasting and news, being with Big Boy helped me fall in love with radio. And then I parlayed mm. that. So then I came back around and like you said, multiple jobs. I feel like this energy also comes from being a cheerleader. You were- Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I love that. And and uh, it's not a requirement, but it sh certainly helps, right? Because I was also a cheerleader in high school. <laughs> it just, you just have a different energy and it's not a bad or a good thing, or it's not like that. It's just like, yeah, when cheerleaders can spot other cheerleaders, you know the energy, you know how to turn it on. And what I do love about the position with the Dodgers is it is really fan based. We are working with fans all the time. We're there to represent the fans on Dodger Vision to give them that experience to feel connected with the team and a game. And so and yeah, growing up as a cheerleader, like that's all it is. It's, you know, hyping up the crowd. It's, you know, throwing out a T-shirt or trying to make them smile, getting them into the game. And so, yeah, it's definitely uh, very similar on a different app and, it, and a little different. A little, <laughs> yeah. different, a little bigger stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, oftentimes, Juan, my co-host, he gets called the Prince of Darkness. I did not give him that name. <laughs> but he gets, you know, a little worried if the Dodgers lose, which, come on, face it, as Dodger fans, that's rare. So uh, <laughs> we're very spoiled. But is there any advice that we could give one to not be so worried that we are going to the World Series? It's going to be fine. <laughs> You got to bring the good energy, Juan. Come on. Like, that's what it's about. You can't put the thoughts out there like that. You just have to trust in the team. You trust in the players. They know what they're doing. And that if you you have good energy, it's going to be okay. We got this. Yeah, you on. know what? I, I should have become a male cheerleader. I, I should have yes. I, I had that bring it on energy. But you know what, Natalia? Let me ask you this. This was, I mean, I, need, I know you're, uh, this is for your family in Brooklyn. The ones that experienced real pain because they lost mm. every year to the Yankees. I would love to ask your family how optimistic, how, you know, I'm sure your family from New York, those Brooklyn Dodger fans, were just waiting for the shoe to drop. Like something horrible was going to happen. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I experienced that with my dad. Oh, my dad loves the team, but he's yeah. so realistic sometimes on certain aspects. Like, oh, like I remember the year they won the World Series, 2020, the actual year they won, going into the World Series, I was like, are you so excited? Like, we're, we're going again. We got this. We're, we're going to do it. This could be our year. And my dad was like, it's the Dodgers. Come on, Natalia. It's going to take a year. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And I saved that text. And then when we won, I sent it to him. I said, here's your miracle. <laughs> 
All right. Senor Perez, you are a real one. In my book, you are a real one. That to oh. me, and, and, and look, and Natalia said it. I would never question, because he said those things of the Dodgers, I would never question that he's a Dodger fan. Hearing that makes me think he is the biggest Dodger fan because he cares. He cares. He it hurts him if they lose. This is a man where what I love about my dad, too, is he can make he can try and make a friend everywhere. And so when I go to the same because he is a season ticket holder, but he hasn't gone in a couple of years because of COVID and he is older. So he's trying to be safe. But before this, he the, the security guards knew him in his area that they sat. They always said, oh, hi, Mr. Perez. How are you doing? He scores every game that he goes to hand with this paper and taking score, like the whole thing. He just, he loves that team so much. So t- he, he was the one that was taking you to Dodger games when you were younger. Yes. yes. So you yeah. just can't help. Right. I mean, whether you wanted it, even if you weren't in baseball, if that is part of your routine, don't you just soak that in all as, as it's like through osmosis. Like this is normal to me to root for the Dodgers yeah. to be oh. at Dodger stadium. Always, but to be honest with you, and any psychologist, if you want to come in and diagnose me, I don't care. But <laughs> I, I really, my dad's a tough cookie, and he is, you know, a man of few words. And I just, I adore him. But I remember being very young and just wanting my dad's love, and I wanted him to want to hang out with me. And I don't know, I just had this weird obsession of just like, I want my dad to love me. And because again, he's a very tough cookie. And so I realized that if I love the Dodgers, then thus we have something in common and then we will have, you know, something unique to our relationship. And so I was, I pushed myself to, not that you don't need to push yourself to love the Dodgers, but to more to pay attention to the players, know the name, know, you know, did they win last night? What was it? And so our relationship really blossomed going to games, especially as I got older, when I was, you know, 2021, I would make sure to always go to a game with my dad because I wanted those memories. I wanted to, you know, when I got older one day, be like, I remember when my dad took me to this game or, and I have those memories. And, but I remember being very, um, proactive in being like, I'm going to love them. So he loves me. I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> we, we just got real on the show today. Yeah. So uh, that, uh, for those of you listening, I mean, but you know what, to me, that's kind of the beauty of not just baseball and it's not just exclusive to the Dodgers. I think this is for all sports. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you ask anyone why they became a fan of whatever respective sport I think probably the most common answer you're going to hear is because of your family. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I, I'm a Dodger fan because of my family. And I think, Alicia, you're the same way, right? My dad taking me to games. And, and Natalia, I'm right there with you. You know, a very Chicano father, a very proud. But mm-hmm. when sports were involved, that's when I would see my dad open up. And, and I, I, I'm going to not disagree, but I'm going to take it a little step further, Juan, with baseball. You know, a lot of fans will go, oh, it's so boring. It's like, no, take a minute and chill. When you're at a baseball game, there are more opportunities to talk, to make mm-hmm. friends with your neighbors, to make friends with your parents and your siblings because you have lulls, because there's more time to just, you know, chill. Other, other sports, I never thought about it that way. That's so true. Baseball, that's why I romanticize baseball so much because... <sighs> 
How can the you not? The relationships you build going to games, the games are longer and you relax a little. You're, I'm less on my phone. You know, I'm talking, building relationships, making new friends. And my parents were just like yours, Natalia, making friends everywhere they go. They, <laughs> my parents were never like, don't talk to strangers. It was opposite. It was like, yeah. <laughs> my danger, we're making friends everywhere we go. <laughs> You're like, oh, they're fine. They got to dodge your hat on. They're yeah, not yeah strangers. they're fine. We're family. Uh, you know, back to when you, you are on the field, you, you, you know, it is very fan-based, what you all do there in Dodger Vision. Have you ever made anyone cry? Because I see you all the time when I get to go to the games, and it's so fun, and I'm so proud of, you know, what you're doing out there. But have you ever made anyone cry, whether it's joy or sadness? I don't think so. Uh, not that I – maybe ah, – God, I'd have to really think about it, but I, – I guess I have it. I have cried. I've oh, had definitely okay. teared up with some like stories that I see, especially the the pieces that the team puts together that get played on Dodger Vision. Just some really inspirational stories that they get to share. Um, a lot of the times too, with the the work that the Dodgers Foundation does as well. Those always get me. I'm just like, that's such a beautiful story. So I think I'm the one that's crying the most, <laughs> most of the time. That comes with it. Got to feel the feels, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. With what if you could play the sport, right? We already mm -hmm. talked about your, your cheerleading days. You know, League of Their Own is really popular right now online. They redid it. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's uh, you know, the whole girl. There's no crying in baseball. Um, what would you like to? I mean, you've seen the players come up since 2014. You've seen them, some of the great ones leave and get injured mm -hmm. or whatnot. If you could play a position or which player could you would you trade places with a Dodger player? Oh God! Can I take it back? Because I would. Um, one of my first players I remember loving was Mike Piazza. So I always w uh -huh. wanted to be him or like a catcher and just like do the, uh, uh, you know, the, the finger motions <laughs> yeah. of like getting to like. I, I I love that that catcher has that not necessarily power, but they have that. I, I'm gonna help this pitcher make this next pitch, and we're gonna work this together. Let's work this. You know this batter or get them out. I don't know. I just really liked that. Uh, and maybe just cause they sat too. And then they had the mask, <laughs> but I never played. I, I, I always wanted to, but I, I just fell in love with a like cheerleading dance from like elementary. So I did like drill team and things like that. So I never ended up playing softball or um, baseball, but I hope my son will play one day. That would be great. <laughs> That's another job you have. Let's all remember that she's yeah. a mama, a wife. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe you are a Mexican, Puerto Rican, Irish, Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> Natalia, you mentioned Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza is uh, one of our favorite topics mm -hmm. on this show. Was he your favorite uh, player? I mean, who is the first Dodger player that you identified with? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily identified with because maybe that came a little bit later. I'll, okay, so growing up, I definitely was the era of like Mike Piazza. I remember meeting Daryl Strawberry at like autograph day. Um, Eric Karros was a big one as well. Sean Green, I loved a little bit later. I love Sean Green. But I will say, I think um, the players that I rooted for the most were when I got older because a friend of mine who is a massive Dodger fan as well, we went to Las Vegas for a weekend and she said, hey, well, we're there. I know everyone's going to want to sleep on Saturday after we, you know, party on Friday. But will you come to a baseball game with me? Because that's when the, um, I'm going to mess up. It was the 50, it was 51s, right? Not the 55s. Uh, uh, the, the farm team that they had out there yeah, years ago. It is the 51s, right, baby the face? 51s. Chime in if we're wrong. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I, yeah, I always it's look. It's the 51s, yeah, it's 51s. 51s, okay. So, uh, so we went to go. 
kid you not, Russell Martin got to see him play and um, Andre Ethier. And I was, and I didn't know who they were at the time because I didn't follow the farm leagues. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then short little bit uh, while later, my friend's like, hey, that's, that's Russell Martin. We saw him play in Las Vegas. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. So from day one, we always, you know, we're rooting Russell Martin, Andre Ethier, Matt Kemp as well. Uh, those were that era right there. Oh, such, such, I loved it. I mean, we didn't win World Series, but it was amazing to get to see them from the beginning, you know, come in, debut, and then, you know, be with the team for years. And then getting to see Matt Kemp come back as well and getting to see where Russell took his career and just knowing, you know, Andre Ethier is always going to be a Dodger. So that, that was really fun. So, I mean, you, you, you're, you're, you worked inside Dodger stadium. Where do you stand on the Mike Piazza thing? Because to me, like Mike Piazza was one of my favorites and I was devastated when he was traded. I can't mm -hmm. believe that they, they did that to him. But then later on, you know, it came out that he was blaming Vin Scully for it. And then I, all of a sudden I turned and I was just like, you can't talk crap on Vin Scully. How dare you? And then I hated Mike Piazza for a while, right? Because I'm like, dude, how can you sit here and blame Vin Scully for the reasons why the Dodgers traded you? But you know, I, I, it bums me out that he kind of doesn't want to have anything to do with the Dodgers I now. And, yeah. and, I, and I get it. He's upset that they traded him, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is true. This may be a myth, an urban myth, but I hear this all the time that he's afraid to come back to Dodger Stadium, even for a bobblehead, because of the reaction he's going to get from Dodger fans, that Dodger fans mm -hmm. are going to boo him. But I will say this. Lately, when I go to the stadium, I see a lot more Piazza throwbacks. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering... Do you think there's ever going to be a time where the Dodgers and Piazza mend fences and we're going to see Piazza be more involved? I mean, he was at old timers with the Mets and I know he went into the hall of fame as a Met. He should have gone in as a Dodger. He had better numbers as a Dodger, mm. but I, I digress. What, what do you think about Mike Piazza? <laughs> you know, for me personally, my, my love for Mike Piazza comes more from my memories. Those were the games where, you know, very young, sitting with my dad, watching games, like a little girl. And I remember there was a woman one time, she was like, get out of here, Mike Pizza, Mike Pizza. And I turned to my dad, I was like, you tell her to shut up. Stop talking about Mike Pie like that. And my dad was just like, calm down, it's okay. Um, so that's like a memory that always sticks with me. I think maybe um, they would if, you know, I, he would have to like, Maybe apologize? I don't know. Maybe. Do you think he has something to apologize for? Are you aware uh, of that Vin Scully story? No, I'm okay. actually not. See, so that's what maybe there's like enough separation uh, mm -hmm. for it. I don't really know. I, I think that there are the Dodgers love their players that come back and like, you know, Oral Hershiser, just, you know, always showing him so much love and just getting to see like now too, like I said, all like Andre Ethier, um, they love representing those players and showing them the respect um, that they deserve. So I feel like they would want to, but maybe it just has to be kind of like a two-way street. I don't know. What, what do you think, Alicia? Well, I was going to say, I'm, I lean towards what Natalia just said. I think there's enough separation. I don't think a lot of people know that story or would even remember because think about the atmosphere at Dodger Stadium lately, like the last 10 years. I mean, we are, here's my word again, spoiled. We are, we're, we're used to cheering. In fact, 
Natalia, I get it really cringe when we boo our own players, but that's a different topic. Oh, um, I will never boo a Dodger. Uh, unless it's like, unless it's like he just came out and then like peed on the field and like disrespected the franchise. Oh, like oh, yeah. We, we don't talk about Trevor Bauer on this show, Natalia. <laughs> we don't talk about Trevor Bauer on this show. Wow, wow, no, wow. I just meant- is if he's a, if it's a Dodger player and he's doing his best and everything, I will never disrespect a player. And that's not even because I work for the organization. It's because they're a Dodger. Like yes. I'm more about positivity. Like you could do it. It's gonna be okay. So thank you. It never helps, right? And, no. and there's the whole like I'm sorry they're human. You think they want to mess up? And booing does not get us the results we want, which is to turn it around. I also think I'm big into tradition. It sounds like you are as well. That's not a vibe, a, re- a reputation that Dodger fans have. We are not booers. We're sunshine. This is California, baby. Like, we're love. We're puro party. Especially now with more of us in the stadium, it is a, it's an atmosphere. So mm-hmm. I'm bringing it back around to I don't think we have it in us to boo Piazza. I think there might be some, like, diehard old-timers that would, but I feel like the rest of the stadium would be like, hey, it's my Piazza. We haven't seen him in a so. while. You know, wow, I didn't know. Did I just go Italian? I didn't Italian, mean to- <laughs> you did. I liked it. You were like, hey. Hey, Joey put a Fuca over yeah. here. We gave him an offer. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's that been an ongoing theme with the Bleed Los podcast is, you know, we've had a, a friend of the carne asada, Alana Rizzo, everyone we bring on. Oh, I love Alana. I know, right? And we're kind of like, is is that okay? And some, I would say, it's, is it 50-50, Juan, where they're like, if you buy a ticket, you should be able to boo. But then there are some of us, like myself, who are like, no, it's not cool. It doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely think it, it's split. I, yeah, I, I, I. I don't think people just openly boo because they're hateful. I think it's frustration. I think people that boo are they're just frustrated because again, they want to see their team win. And because every minute somebody that boos Bellinger at the next at bat when Bellinger hits a home run, you're going to hear never doubted it for a minute. That guy's oh, my sure. guy. You know, that happens. So to me, the boos are just frustration. And I mean, Jerry Hairston, you know, friend of the kindness of told us, he's like, hey, if you boo me and I deserve to be booed, it doesn't bother me because hell, I boo myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is just, it's the only way the fan really has uh, to express their frustration. So to me, the, the, the booing is, and I get it, you know, I think maybe Dodger fans now, we were expecting you know, to, to win and we want to win it because we only have one world series. Yes. We've been in the playoffs. I think a lot of it is because we hear Yankee fan dropping their 26 world championships on us all the time. I mean, hell, we don't even have the most championships in the national league. There's a perception. I think that people think the Dodgers have the most championships in the national league. The Cardinals have more championships than we do. Do you see why we call him the Prince of Darkness? Like, he just took it back to bringing up how the Dodgers are failing in certain areas. <laughs> no, it, it, but it's... It, it, look, Natalia's dad, if he was here, would say the man here. speaks the truth. The and man so speaks the truth. Dad, so would my yeah. dad, so I get it. Maybe it's he like would. A, a, you know, a, but it... it I, I, I wanted what to... What about Joey Gallo, right? Like, <laughs> there we go. The booing didn't help in New York. You come to... LA and you feel the love, you feel the energy. I'm like mm-hmm. Victor Fritz right now, feeling you. And, yeah, I'm and feeling you. 
it's oh, worky, yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm all in with just don't start that trend. Don't start mm -hmm. that uh, tradition of booing our own players. It's just not something we grew up with. I think it's weird yeah. and I cringe. Like I try to just keep like the horse visors on. Like I will try not to give the evil eye and start trouble when people boo around me. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Natalia, I, I wanted to ask you this week. I mean, you've been with the team since 2014, so you, I think mm -hmm. you'd be a good judge of this. With all the renovations that they've done now at the stadium, especially the, these this past year, as, since we've been able to come back now that the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the pandemic was, the restrictions were, were uh, lightened a little bit. To me, it's one of those things where, I feel like that stadium is now like a party central. Like it does, mm -hmm. it is no longer dependent on whether the Dodgers win or lose. It is just the Dodger. I mean, being at Dodger Stadium is a giant party. It's a I, vibe. It, it actually, and I felt like that. So I, I, I want to ask you two questions. What do you think of those renovations, those new mm -hmm. renovations at Dodger Stadium? And what do you think of these heritage nights? And because the number of heritage nights now seem to be increasing. Okay, so the renovations I love. Only I love main, the the newest ones too that they did that were technically supposed to be for the All Star Game when we originally had it, and then it, you know had because the pandemic got all postponed. I love them because you could be sitting at top deck and you can come down and enjoy that renovation. It's not like, Oh, we did these really nice renovations and they're just for the suites. This is like, it's for everybody. And I love that people can cut like you. Could, I see so many smiles when people see that new side blue heaven kids are in that, uh, that cutout that walks into center field and they're playing They're Hey, there's a band, there's music. People are dancing. I saw a freaking conga line the other day. It was you're right. It's a party and it's so much fun, but everyone can enjoy it. It doesn't matter what your seat ticket says. You don't have to be confined to that. Oh, you know, tickets were expensive for this game. And, you know, now look at all that fun down there. You could be a part of that fun. So that's what I really, really love um, about those new renovations. I thought they were they were really key. And it, and it also like now it how beautiful is that area now behind um, the bleachers? Because I remember having to walk behind the bleachers when I would cut through to like get to my next like game that I had to do. And I was so sad walking by there and you see people smoking and it's like dark and it was dingy. And I was like, is someone gonna okay, I gotta walk really quick. Now it's like, yeah, walking through, having a good time. So that's what I, I really do love um, those renovations. I thought they were absolutely beautiful and stunning. The Heritage Nights, I got to say, I like them because L.A. is a melting pot of people and people love to represent their culture and their heritage. They love to feel represented as well. So when they can go to a game. So I worked um, Mexican Heritage Day uh, just the other day and it was so hot, but it was so fun to see people happy and excited. And the Dodgers organization was like, all right, let's have a banda over here. We're going to have, you know, Aztec dancers, you know, during this performance here. And then getting to work other nights like Polynesian night and just seeing them try to 
create an atmosphere that really is fun and let's all celebrate together. You don't have to be Mexican to celebrate. You don't have to be El Salvadorian to come to El Salvadorian night, but you can experience something new. I like the attention to detail that the organization puts into it. That's why I like them. And then also too, it's like, you know, you can maybe get some, if you buy the special ticket package, now I sound like I'm doing a bit, but you know, you get some cute <laughs> swag, some different stuff and people get excited for it. Mm-hmm. So I like them because I feel like it just gives people another opportunity to have their love for the Dodgers, but also feel represented as well in a small, fun way. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think it's uh, what you just said right there. The, the, them being recognized, I think was really important to them. I was mm-hmm. just at the Salvadoran uh, heritage night and I, I was telling, I, I talked to DJ severe and I was just like, I, it was a vibe that night. I mean, maybe it was because mm-hmm. he was playing cumbias all night, but yes. I, it, it <laughs> felt like such a party and the Dodgers lost that game. And, you know, as everyone says, I'm the Prince of Darkness and I would have gone into my manic depression because they lost the game, especially to the Giants. But I got to tell you, the environment was so great. And I had a number of people who are of Salvadorian descent who said to me, he was like, are they going to do this again? I I was like, look, I'm sure that this is going to be a yearly thing because the ticket package sold out. So (laughs) if the ticket package sold out, there's reason for the Dodgers to do it. But the night before they did Guatemalan night and they had never done those nights before, you know, Mexican heritage. And if you look at that stadium, Natalia, you're there, you know, the majority, I think the majority of that stadium is Latinos. Now, whether, whether whether the numbers represented or not, it just feels Mm-hmm. Like the majority of that stadium is Latino. What, what do you see when you're when you're working at the stadium? I mean, obviously, yeah, you see, like I said, melting pot. It's LA, so you're going to see everyone. But yeah, I mean, Latinos are a huge population in Los Angeles, in California, and Latinos love the Dodgers. It's, <laughs> it goes way back. It is part of us. It's part of just who we are. Is like you gotta love the Dodgers. So yeah, I definitely see a great mix of everyone, but I do see a lot of Latinos, and I love it. I love. <laughs> I know, right? It's so LA. It's yes. it's so Los Angeles, and that's why I get kind of a chip on my shoulder when they're like, "Oh, LA is not a sports town," and I'm like. Come to a Dodger game. Mm-hmm. Come to, you know, a, a Rams game. Come to a Laker game. I mean, it is everything when you go to a Dodger yeah. game. It's, we have anything you mm-hmm. want to eat, we do it here in Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> the sense that the Dodgers are kind of, whether, whether it's uh, better late than never, they are recognizing the diversity of Southern California. So I'm all into, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I've heard nothing but great things from the night you went one. Like it was such a party. And even though we lost to the hated ones, no one talked about that. They were like, yeah. you know, the representation, it was a party. A lot of the videos look really fun. Um, but I want to bring it back to uh, Mexican heritage. So I was there that day was super hot. Oh, I how did they not see you? I will because I was hiding in the shade. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And I I know a lot of people were saying like, oh, this is the first time I've seen Dodger Stadium empty. I'm like, it wasn't empty. Everybody was trying to find standing in the rafters anywhere they could. So so how dare you? It wasn't empty. 
And yeah, I, you, on camera you might have seen that, but no, walking through the corridors like that place was stacked. But it was it was just so freaking hot and understandable, man. We don't need to be people passing out. Like, right, right. Yeah. Everybody just hydrate, just hydrate. Yeah. People, and you made it through it. And, and thank. I want to give a quick shout out to all the, everybody working that day, right? Mm-hmm. The sessions, um, the security, and even the ball players. Like I can't complain because you know, even though I had my Mexican jersey on. Thank you, Dodgers. They were in full uniform. Everybody was mm-hmm. still selling in the stands, you know, ices and peanuts and stuff. So thank you to everyone at the Dodger games. But because of that night and because I get to look up and see Fernando Valenzuela, you know, when he's broadcasting, it's a thing that we here at the Bleed Los podcast feel very strongly about. And that is we want the Dodgers to retire his number. I know they don't mm. give it out, but one and uh, Alonzo, the the, um, the guys who created Bleedlos, they even started a petition kind of like, hey, Dodgers, let's give Fernando his recognition while he's still with us, you know, mm. especially after losing uh, our beloved Vin. Like, Vin, yeah. what do you, how, where do you stand on Fernando getting his props and retiring his jersey? I think no doubt that they will retire his jersey at some point. I don't have any insider information. I'm not saying that. Uh oh, she's <laughs> breaking like, news. She's breaking, breaking news. news. No. <laughs> um, but I know how much the organization loves Fernando. I see how much that because so I don't get obviously I don't work with every single person, all the high ups that work in the stadium, but I do get to work with some pretty close people who um make sure that um, everyone is being represented like on Dodger vision. Oh, this tribute is coming up. Hey, let's remember this date. Let's make sure that on, you know, Fernando's birthday, we're putting something up, whatever it is. Like they really, really try to make sure to always show the love. And I know how much the organization loves Fernando. I definitely can see them retiring his number, but I think you're right, Alicia. I think it's important to make sure that we do it in a time where he can feel it. He can see it. And it's not, you know, too late, not too late, but just, you know, let's do it at a time where he can be here and see that. And I think people would really love it. I think everything will come at the right time. Um, And I think they probably have a list of things that they want to do. And they're just getting down like, okay, this was the year that we did, you know, the Sandy Koufax statue. Okay. Let's mark that off. Okay. This is going to be the year that we do this. They want to make sure too, that they don't do everything in one year, all these like special moments in one year that it's like um, they give it it's um, it's time to breathe and have that. If Does that make sense? You don't yeah. want to like shove. Timing. Yeah. Timing. Yeah. So I think definitely that would be so nice too. Right. I mean, uh, that you're the first person that has actually given me hope that it's actually going to happen. It's I, gonna. <laughs> I, I mean, everyone else is just baffled as to why it hasn't happened already. But you're the first person that I've actually thought, okay, maybe it is. And I get it. You're not breaking news. There's no mm-hmm. insider no. information. Uh, another... I just see the love and appreciation that they have for him behind the scenes. And so, yeah. Well, another icon that I want to ask you for is another person that we, we stand for uh, on the show. And that's Jaime Harin. This is Jaime Harin's last season. Uh, he, to, to, to many people that know him, uh, is just as important in Dodgers history as Ben Scully is. Did oh, yeah. you have any interaction with Jaime? Did did you? I mean, did anyone in your family ever grow up listening to Jaime? Any any paying tribute you would like to to pay to the maestro? You know what? Unfortunately, growing up, no, only because my father doesn't speak Spanish, and so 
we listened to Vin <laughs> a lot when we were, you know, like in the car driving around and Dodger games were on. Um, I got I got to meet him a couple times and just always so gracious and sweet and nice. Obviously, he was always off. He like, oh, I got to go do this or I got to do that. So it was always very short and sweet. Um, but I just know, again, it's one of those things where if you were uh, grow up in L.A. and you were a Dodger fan, there are certain names and voices that will connect you through. So. For me, um, one of our traditions in our family was um, my dad, if we let if we left the game early on the way home, we would finish listening to the game in the car. My dad also hates traffic. So that's one of the reasons that <laughs> happened a lot of the times. Um, and so not just uh, having the Dodger game on in your house and hearing it in your living room as like one of those flashback memories, but like listening to the game in a car. So I had to I left the game. I Listen, it was very hot. I left the game early after I was done working yesterday. I was like, and I also needed to go pick up my son from daycare. So I was like, okay, I got to leave once I'm done. But I immediately, without fail, I turned to the radio. I need to listen to the Dodgers on my radio, on the drive home. That's just what I do. And so I can, I know that there are going to be a lot of people that are going to miss his voice, not being able to hear him. However, you listen to him um, because he is a huge staple in households that speak Spanish or speak English and Spanish, Spanglish, whatever it is. It's it's like hearing, you know, your Spanish music in the morning on Saturday and your mom has the mop out and she's like, time to clean. <laughs> like, it's just, that's, that's just how it is. That's how we grow up, you know? That's so. the universal signal for cleaning time, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, it's too early for this. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, that's great. I, uh, we're gonna, we got a few more minutes. Alicia, you got anything before we start wrapping up? Well, I, I just, I'm just so proud of all you're doing. And I know you've got a lot more you're going to accomplish as well, because you're still so young. You're fast. You know, she's like, I'm tired. I'm tired. I remember I to love coffee, right? Like you had to have your coffee even before, mm -hmm. even when we weren't working in the mornings, like there she is with her iced coffee. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that has not changed. Do you, have, do you have any advice for young women or, or any women that decide this is my dream job? I want to... I want to tell stories on the radio, on television, from the red carpet, you know, um, any advice? Because a lot has changed since mm -hmm. I started and where you started yeah. it is better. It's much better. It's much more inclusive. But I'd like to know if you have any words uh, of encouragement or. Yeah, I, I get this question and I love this question. I love it because I seeked it out myself at some point and still seek it out too. Still loving advice in every kind of aspect. So a couple of things that I always say is one, don't get ready for the job, be ready for the job. Um, one time I was able to get a, uh, just an extra position at the radio station because someone had left and I immediately went to my boss. I said, Hey, they, uh, they're not going to be here anymore. I want to do overnights. Can I do overnights? Would that be okay? And he said, send me your air check. And he's like, I know that what you can do on air, but send me your air check. Let me see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. And I said, okay, within a couple hours, I sent him my air check. He listened to it. And then he came back to me, said, I'm going to put you starting on uh, overnights. I did overnights for a year. And then he said, um, I just want you to know the reason. One of the main reasons I gave you that job is because he's like, one, you're good or good enough. And then two, he was like, because when I asked you for your air check, you didn't wait a day to send it to me. You sent it as soon as you could. And he's like, and that's what people need to do. Don't, oh, let me get, let me fix my resume because this job just opened up and then take a day or two fixing it. Oh, if, you know, if it's, if you're wanting to do something in media and you do an air check or if it's a real, 
always have that reel ready. Literally, some people even put reels on jump drives and carry it around with them. So if they ever meet someone, they go, hey, here's my reel. It's on this jump drive. Take it home. Check out. See, you know, maybe you like my work. Never have to let me fix things up. Always be ready for that position because quickness is key. Um, the second is tell people what you want to do for a really long time. I did stay behind the scenes and I was so nervous for anyone to hear my voice. I thought people were going to say that I suck and I wasn't good enough. I wasn't meant to do this. And so I was just too afraid. And so I stayed a producer for a really long time. And finally, one day, um, a position opened up with Ryan Seacrest as an editor. And someone said, um, hey, I think you should really go for this. This would be great for you. You can move into a producer position, blah, blah, blah. And I just stopped and I said, but I want to be on air. And they're like, I had no idea that you wanted to do on air. Like, what are you doing then? Like, stop producing. Like, what are you, what's going on? And I was like, I, I, I just, uh, and I was still very scared, but they had no idea what I wanted to do. Sometimes people think I'm just going to work really hard, put my head down and keep grinding and someone will notice. I'm sorry. Everyone is busy. Everyone has a lot of things going on. So find that fine. You know, you have to walk the fine line of being too pushy and not pushy, you know, but yeah. let people know like, hey, these are my ultimate goals. This is what I would like to do um, because then something will happen. Someone will, hey, I'm looking for this type of person for this job. Blah, blah. Oh, hey, I know somebody because I know what they wanted to do. So always let people know what it, what your goals are and what you want to do. And then, um, oh gosh, I had the third and now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. There was definitely another one in there. I was like, oh, there's three things, advice for, oh, this was, this is what it is, especially uh, for females. I feel, I don't know if, and maybe Juan, you can tell me if you've experienced this, any aspect of yourself. Um, a young girl who is actually on the Blue Crew right now, um, I met her, she was in college uh, studying, you know, radio and TV production, and I helped her get, uh, get a position on the Blue Crew, just, you know, to kind of get her foot in the door some way. And that's always another thing. Just get it. Just get in the building. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Just get in the building because that's the best thing you can do. And she um, she was like, I was like, how's everything going? She's like, good. You know, just trying to figure out, you know, how I, what I can do and working on my reel and my stuff like that. And, you know, just practicing how to speak like an anchor and um, and how they all talk. And it just oh, it struck me so hard. And I was like, yes, I totally understand what you're saying, because I know that there is this idea of what you should sound like but do not lose who you are. Don't lose the way that you talk and your personality. Let that shine through because nobody can be you, but you. Um, I heard that from Oprah a really long time ago. And she was like, I could pretend to be a news anchor. I can't, but she's like, but anyone can do that. Like no one can be Oprah. No one can be me. And so that's why she was always herself. I have a slight lisp. I talk really fast sometimes. Sometimes I'm high pitched. I like, but you know what? I can't tell you the, how many times I've heard someone say, hey, you were at Dodger Stadium. I heard you. I knew that was you immediately. <laughs> like, I know your voice. And so, and I'm not saying that I have all the right answers, but don't forget to just be you. Someone mm -hmm. will like you. Some won't. Who cares about those? Just be you. And if you have a passion and a drive, a commitment, and then you're consistent, good things will happen and be kind, but good things will happen. Um, but just don't lose that self. And I think Alicia, you also know that too, like being in that world, I'm sure there were a lot of pressures to have to be fit in the box that they think yeah. we should be in. Mm -hmm. True people shine, man. Real people shine, be authentic, be yourself. Cause authentic. again, no one can do that except you. Yeah. That's that. 
That's what I'm saying. Authenticity, especially with everything now with streaming and online and YouTube, authenticity matters now more than ever. No one wants the cookie cutter, how you're supposed to sound. You got to do you. But I love what you said in the beginning about preparation, right? When you meet mm-hmm. on the committee, you're making your own luck. So be ready. Mm-hmm. So it's a great well, quote about preparation. You should teach a master class or a TED Talks or something. <laughs> I'll teach a master class on how to drink coffee. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, that'll work because you, girl, you know. <laughs> Thank okay. you for hanging out with us. I know you've got one of your jobs to get back to and your baby boy. And and uh, I will see you out on uh, at Dodger Stadium. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You have that connection with the Brooklyn uh, Dodgers. And we all, you know, don't like the Yankees. I hate the Giants, like your pops. What is your prediction for the World Series? I, I know who I want to see there, but I want to know who you want to see. I just want to see the Dodgers. That's, that's all it ever is. I just want to see the Dodgers well. there. I don't. I don't care who it. I don't want to see the Houston Astros though, because they're all. Amen. Amen. No. 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 Um, I just. You know what? I get really superstitious. So I just always want to say. I just always say. I just want to see the Dodgers there. Mm-hmm. I just want to see us win, um, and have a great. I mean, we're. There's such a good team. It's. It's really, really special year. I think so. But again, I'm superstitious. I right. get weird. That's <laughs> Whatever you've been doing, you don't want to like change it up now. But I, oh, for sure. did. I would love to see Dodgers Yankees. I think that would be historical. I think even oh, yeah. MLB wants to see that. And I don't want to give the Astros any of our shine. So no, boo, mm-hmm. Astros. No, no. <laughs> okay, we're going to wrap things up the way we always wrap things up on the Bleed Lows podcast. We're going to do a little quick uh, rapid fire questions okay. with you, Natalia. Uh, first, um, what was the most surprising quality when you met of big of uh, uh, when you met Big Boy that you just did not expect from him? He makes everyone feel like he is their friend and their neighbor. And I know you said rapid fire, but I'll just tell this story <laughs> super, super quick. I was with him in Las Vegas. It was the first time we went to Las Vegas for a fight as a, as a crew. And I'm walking behind him and he sees someone. Hey, oh my gosh. Hey, so good. Gives him a hug, tap, everything. Keeps walking. Another person. Hey, big. Oh, hey, yeah. They just have this interaction again. And the third person happened. And I, in my head, went, gosh, Big knows so many people. He keeps bumping into his friends. That's so cool. Like I've never bumped into that many people I know in one place, especially Las Vegas. And then by this fifth or sixth person, I realized I was like, oh, he doesn't know any of these people. He's never met them before in his life. Mm -hmm. But he treated them like it was a cousin, like a best friend. He is so kind. And just like that moment, that will always stick with me. He was so gracious and nice and never like who are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, you listen. Oh, thanks. Okay, cool. He was like, hey, good to see. Like, he's infectious personality and so giving and kind. So that definitely is probably the biggest and first thing that I've noticed. What is a question that you've asked on the red carpet that you will never ask again? Okay, I'm going to turn it deep, guys. I was doing the MTV Movie Awards one year, and it was Mother's Day weekend. And I didn't know an actor's mom had passed earlier that year. And I kept asking people, what are you doing for Mother's Day? Because we do very more like lifestyle content in our show. And he was like, oh, well, you know, my mom passed. And and I was just like, 
oh, I felt so, I felt so bad. I felt like, like, just that I didn't know, I should have known. I, but you can't know everything yeah. about everyone's lives. So like, I wasn't too hard on myself, but it definitely was a, um, uh, I'll just be more aware next yeah. time. But yeah, <laughs> I know when, I felt real bad. <laughs> when you go to Dodger Stadium as a fan, what section do you sit in? Are you a field level, low, oh. reserve, top deck? Or what used to be known as the pavilion, but now it's the Palenque because of Julian Torres baptized it, the, <laughs> the Palenque. Um, I would say Loge only because that's my where my dad sits. We sit uh, Loge like 151 or something like that. So I'll go, I go with my dad and we'll sit there. Nice. And finally, uh, at the Bleed Los podcast, we are taqueros. We are all about tacos here. So we need to know what is your favorite taco and where do you go to get the taco here in Los Angeles. My mom's house? <laughs> okay. Okay, what, you know, kind of, what kind of taco is it? Okay, I'm going to get killed for this. I'm, But I'm being as honest as I can be. So people just, uh -oh, just listen here it to comes. me. And just be like, listen, that's the way she grew up. So you love the things the way that you grew up. My mom takes the corn tortilla, puts the chicken, a little bit of potato, fries it. And it's a hard shell taco. But that's how we always eat tacos. And I hey, there's it. nothing wrong with that. that delicious. <laughs> I know, but people get so mad, like, oh, hard shell. Because it, it's not like she's pulling it out of the box and it's a hard shell, you know, Taco right. Bell style right. shell. Right. Like she was frying it herself, but that's how I grew up eating tacos. And I mean, those are Tito's. How many people yeah. on the show have said they love Tito's tacos? I actually appreciate it more that you're eating it at home <laughs> with your mother. <laughs> We, not that many one. people have gone the hard shell on the show. So yeah. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> now I, that. Now I want a taco. Yeah, and, I know. <laughs> Me too. And, and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Natalia you Perez. So sweet. Uh, Natalia, can you please let the people know where they can follow you? Hey, Natalia. So just like, hey, and then Natalia, my name, N-A-T-A-L-I-A. But it's all different on like Twitter and, you know, like TikTok because I can't get hey, Natalia all around. So if you know anyone, <laughs> let me know how I can get that fixed. So there you <laughs> have it. Instagram, hey, Natalia. <laughs> so just basically go to hey, Natalia, and you will be able to find her. Yes. Uh, right. She exactly. is an in-stadium host. So when you go to Dodger Stadium, you're going to see her there whenever she's working there. But when then you'll catch her in the mornings in Big Boy in the Neighborhood. 92.3 so uh thank you very much natalia you've so been sweet. Thank you. very gracious with your time uh this episode of the bleed lows podcast has been brought to you by our partners at bet online bet online where the game starts Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.